Countrywide on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by the Irish Farmers Journal, bringing 379,000 readers the latest farming news and the best of rural Ireland weekly. This is the story of a simple solution, a way to heal our planet and keep our species off the extinction list. In fact, the solution I'm talking about is right under our feet. And it's as old as dirt. We call it soil, earth, or ground. And due to its vast scale and its ability to sequester immense quantities of greenhouse gases, it could just be the one thing that can balance our climate, replenish our fresh water supplies, and feed the world. That's why some people are racing to save our soil in hopes our soil just might save us. The unmistakable voice of actor Woody Harrelson narrating the opening sequence of the Netflix documentary Kiss the Ground, which focuses on the importance of soil as a tool of the trade in productive and sustainable agriculture. Gabe Brown is a farmer from North Dakota in the US who features in the film. He and his Soil Health Academy team visited Ireland this week to address farmers at a course run by the National Organic Training Skillnet. Now Gabe has been travelling the world telling the story of how he came to regenerative farming and has written a book, Dirt to Soil, to explain his farming journey. And when he dropped into studio earlier, I began by asking him about his own farm back home in Bismarck, North Dakota. So along with my wife and our son, we farm 6,000 acres near Bismarck, North Dakota. It is an operation that is geared towards livestock. We raise grass-finished beef, grass-finished lamb, pastured pork. We have uh, 1,500 laying hens out on pasture, raise seven to 8,000 broiler chickens, have some bees for honey. And then we grow a wide array of different cash crops also, everything from spring wheat, barley, oats, vetch, cereal, rye. Right, quite the mix indeed. It's a different farm now than the one you took over. You're, you're a city boy, uh, you married Shelley, and you started farming with, with her parents, is that right, when, back in the 90s? Actually, back in the 1980s, you make me feel old now, but uh, we started uh, farming with my in-laws back in 1983, and I learned to farm from my father-in-law, and it was rather conventional-type farming, tillage, use of herbicides, pesticides, fungicides. Uh, but he, he was a good farmer for the day. Well, we had the opportunity to purchase the farm from them in 1991, and one thing about me, not being from a farm, I'm always wanting to learn, and I had read about no-till, and so I I switched and went to 100% zero-till in 1994 and had a very good crop, and I thought, this is easy. Little did I know, 1995 come along, and the day before I was going to start combining the 1,200 acres of spring wheat I had in, we lost 100% of that crop to hail. So that was pretty devastating, uh, not able to pay the bank. And and so my wife and I took some off-farm jobs to, to try and pay the bills, uh, 1996 came along. We lost 100% of the crop to hail again. 1997 came along, and it was a drought. Nobody harvested any crop that year in the area. To make a long story longer, 1998 came along, and we lost 80% of the crop to hail. And obviously, the 
bank wasn't going to loan me money anymore to put a crop in, I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to make my soils productive without buying all these expensive inputs? And that sent me on a learning journey that that's one where I really learned the six principles of soil health, the three rules of adaptive stewardship, and how they drive the ecosystem processes. So volatile weather you've been dealing with for quite some time now, but it was a blessing in disguise in the mid-90s to, I suppose, transform you into the farmer and transform your ranch into the ranch that it is today. Uh, That's exactly right. I tell people... That was really difficult times to live through, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. With soil as your focus, describe, I suppose, regenerative farming from your perspective. So regenerative farming is a biological type system where we rely on the natural processes. Well, when you till the soil, you turn it over, you're destroying the home for biology. And we need to understand how soil aggregates are built and that they'll only last about four days and that biology lives in and on thin films of water between the soil aggregates. And in healthy soil, there's more microorganisms in a teaspoonful of healthy soil than there are people on this planet. And it's those microorganisms that bring the plants the nutrients they need and allows me to operate essentially without using any of the synthetic inputs that are often used in agriculture today. So those microorganisms and the roots, they're, they're working so hard. They're doing the sort of work that, that no plough could ever do in re- regenerating the soil and keeping it healthy and making it act as a vital carbon sink. Oh, that's absolutely correct. I explained to people when we purchased the farm in 1991, we could only infiltrate a half of an inch of rainfall per hour. Our organic matter levels were less than 2%. Now, scientists tell me, historically speaking, they should have been in the 7 to 8% range. Well, we, that carbon that was once in the soil was moved to the atmosphere due to farming practices. Now, today, I can infiltrate 30 inches of rainfall in an hour, which Bismarck, North Dakota, has never received 30 inches in a year, let alone an hour. But we can infiltrate every drop that falls. And then, because we've made our soils a carbon sink and our soils are now from 5 to 8% organic matter, we can hold that moisture and that makes us resilient to drought. Okay, so you are sustainable, you're doing your bit for the environment, um, but are you making money? Well, that that's the thing I tell people is at the end of those four years, we were 1.5 million US dollars in debt and literally within 10 years, we were debt free. What do other farmers think of you? What do your neighbours think of you? Did they feel, do they feel intimidated? Do they feel put out by what you're doing? Well, I think they feel a little uneasy because I'm always the one that, that uh, people are keeping an eye on. And I tell people early on, my neighbours thought I'd go broke and they'd be able to buy my farm. Well, now I'm the one who's buying land. <laughs> and do you think that your farm is in a far healthier condition than maybe the other ones that are using, you know, synthetic fertilizer that are ploughing uh, at a mass scale every year? Well, there's no doubt about that. And that's the reason the Knots program invited me over here is to share my story. I'm in no way here to tell Irish farmers how they should or shouldn't farm. I'm simply here to share my experiences mm-hmm. and let them know that these principles, rules and processes take can take place anywhere in the world. 
What about the Irish farms that you visited? I know you're on Johnny Green's farm in Kildare. I was there a couple of years ago. He has the the no-till system. You've been interacting with farmers from around the country. You've been driving through the countryside, looking across the hedges at our our grassland uh, system. Um, What do you make? How, how, I suppose, will you go back home to North Dakota thinking about Irish farming? Yeah, with a bit of jealousy, quite honest with you, we've had... uh, Uh, the driest three years ever recorded back home. So I look at the amount of moisture and the lush green growing grass. I see unlimited potential here in Ireland for regenerative agriculture. The cows are much maligned in the whole climate crisis now as we try to find ways to to reduce the carbon footprint. But what sort of a role does livestock have to actually play in regenerative farming? Oh, that's an excellent question. And we need to realize that it's not the cow, it's the how. There's always been ruminants on earth, large, large numbers of ruminants. So if ruminants were the issue, why weren't they an issue back then? It's the fact that we've removed the animals from the landscape and put them in these confined animal feeding operations. That's the problem. You see, when ruminants are out grazing, there's bacteria known as methanotrophs. And those methanotrophs consume methane that the cattle or ruminants emit. Nobody's talking about that, though. The problem is it's not the cow, it's the how. And the way you're farming them is much different than the image that we have of the states where you have these huge feedlots. That's right. Our animals are all out on pastures, being moved daily. And that plays a very important role because as that ruminant, that cow, bites that grass, that grass plant then, or forage plant, sloughs off more root exudates, thus it needs to photosynthesize, and we're going to take more carbon out of the atmosphere and put it in the soil. Cattle are actually a major part of the solution. You, you know that, I suppose, recently the global population crossed the, the 8 billion uh, bark, uh, mark and we're heading for, for 9 billion. So the challenge is to produce more quality food sustainably using less inputs and less resources while, of course, protecting your livelihood and, and that of, of, of your family. Can we square this circle? Can this be achieved from regenerative ranchers like yours? Absolutely. And realise that for... Uh A long time, farmers have been maligned as being part of the problem. But we can be a bigger part of the solution. We can help take more carbon out of the atmosphere, move it back into the soil cycle. We can provide clean water, clean air. We can revitalize rural communities through regenerative agriculture. Plus, regenerative agriculture is much more profitable than the current model. And we always get asked that question, well, can regenerative farms produce enough food? Compare me and my neighbors. They're growing, for instance, a spring wheat crop on a given parcel of land. I not only grow that spring wheat crop, but then we grow a cover crop, so we're sequestering carbon. We graze our grass-finished beef and lamb on it. We have bees producing honey for us. I'm going to produce much, much more food per acre than does my neighbor. I was on the Dunn farm out near Maynooth a couple of, of years ago, last year actually as well. A similar attitude and approach to farming as, as yourself. And I came away thinking, you know, if every farmer or the majority of farmers thought more about the importance of soil health, um, they could actually be the, you know, the solution to the climate crisis. That's exactly right. And Norman uh, took part in our course this week. 
We have a saying at Understanding Ag, common ground for common good. We want to bring all facets of society together and put agriculture in the spotlight that it deserves to be because it can address all of these issues. How would you distinguish what you're doing from organic farming? Because there's a big focus mm-hmm. now on in, in increasing the amount of organic yep. production in, in Ireland, threefold, and new scheme opened this mm-hmm. week. From, from your interaction with farmers this week and from what you're hearing, is there much of a difference between regenerative farming and organic farming? Uh, no, realize it's all of our goal to move to less use of synthetics, whether it be herbicides, fertilizers, pesticides, fungicides. The difficulty with organic being regenerative is the massive amounts of tillage that are often done on organic farms. And so because that tillage releases that carbon up into the atmosphere. So the goal is how do we combine the best of both worlds and move to a system with much less tillage, thus allowing more carbon to be stored and not upsetting the home for all that microbiology. That's North Dakota rancher Gabe Brown and his book is called Dirt to Soil. The Netflix documentary he's in is called Kiss the Ground and Gabe is in Ireland this week with the National Organic Training Skillnet. And their Biofarm 2022 conference is online and in person in Carrick and Shannon between the 7th and the 11th of November with speakers on everything from agroforestry to mob grazing to soil health. More details on nots.ie.